It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Roper Report Extra Podcast. It's your second one of the week. We've had Bolton earlier in the week. We got beat as expected, following on from a defeat against Brentford, which is also kind of expected. And I, I don't really know how to go any further with this or, or what to say that's definitely usual. It, it's shit. It's continuously been shit for months, years, seasons. The mood around the place is as dead as it's ever been. We've got an alleged derby coming up on Saturday against Borough, which I don't think anyone's expecting anything from. We'll try our best to remain positive, and I'll try my best to not be too too sad this week. But we've got Ian from Borough Fan TV to talk about how they're going to dismantle us and probably beat us by considerable amount of goals on Saturday. How are you doing, Ian? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on. No, no bother at all, mate. I was just saying before we came on, it's for once, no offence to my previous guest, but it's, it's an accent I can actually understand for once. I'm, I'm picking up everything you've said so far. Proper <laughs> accent, in it. Proper. <laughs> yeah, proper Borough accent, aye. So, Middlesbrough, bit of a weird season for Borough. You spent a lot of money. You got a good manager at the start of the season, I think. That didn't turn out very well. You signed a load of players. Half of them have went. Well, not half, you know, three or four of them, I think. Uh, you've got Tony Pulis, which is a complete contrast from Gary Monk. How's things been this season as a whole, if you can sum it up? Oh, in one word, underwhelming. I think, you know, we, we massive expectations, you know. Steve Gibson, you know, beginning the season, as, as we all know, said, you know, we, we want to smash the league. Not we go, no, you know, we want to smash the league. But, uh, I mean, for most fans, it's been totally underwhelming. You know, the money we've spent, uh, the players we brought in. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we had such a high expectations uh, and I think that's part of the problem. But now we just, I mean, it's, you know, we got another three points last last night. You know, we got three points, but it's, we just, you're walking away from there feeling the performance isn't there. We got the three points, but fans are still walking away disappointed and it's, it's that's just not right. Not with the money we've spent. No, and I think, I think that's a good point. I think it's a really good way to look at it. I think I was just looking back through... Uh, like the Rook Report, um, the Rook Report, so yeah, our predictions for the start of the season. And, and most people went for Middlesbrough. And I think, you know, as much as you did spend big money, you, you spent money on players that have been doing it in this league for, you know, three or four seasons, like a summer belonger and players like that. But it just never seemed to click with Gary Monk, which is, is weird because he, he was successful in this league. He wasn't just coming off the back of a really good, positive outlook at at Swansea, where he trailed off at the end. He went to Leeds and did a job. He plays a good brand of football. What what was it that went wrong with Gary Monk? Because it was a weird one from even, I was going to say an outside perspective, but we're not that far outside. But even from our view, it was a bit like premature, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's unusual. I mean, there's lots of rumours flying about, as, as it always is, about you know whether he was interviewing for the Swansea job or not. But but you don't know. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, it was really out of character. You know, Steve Gibson's known for, for you know, really giving his managers time. Uh, so for him to act this quick and, you know, get shot of Monk was was a, was a real surprise. But, you know, it's ten, he was one of those... Uh, we try to compare him a bit to uh, in in likability, like like McLaren. You know, Steve McLaren was our most successful manager. You know, you you, you can't doubt that. You know, he, he got us into Europe twice. You know, we won our first cup under him. But you know what? Still, fans didn't take to him, and I think that that's kind of the way a lot of fans felt about Monk. They just you just didn't seem to be a feel good factor about him from a lot of fans. And you know, I just don't think the guy was ever really going to get a chance. If I'm honest. 
And was that feeling kind of from the start? Or because I remember obviously when he came in, he was a few people that went from. I know it was before we appointed Grace, and there's rumours that we wanted him. And obviously, yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember the exact amount you spent, but I know it was a lot. You're obviously always going to choose Borough with the money that they had and the clout that they had compared to us. Um, but it, it, there seemed to be a, a relatively positive aura around him. Did that was that feeling towards him based on the start of the season being underwhelming, or was it kind of from the beginning? I mean, you kind of had that with Grayson from Sunderland's perspective. So I know what you mean if it, if it happens at the start. There's some managers that just don't fit, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's how I think it was with him. You know, I mean, when he came in, I, I, to be honest, I was one of those who, you know, I thought it was a good appointment. I thought it was a young manager. I think he had some good ideas, you know. Uh, he, he, he spoke well at the beginning. He was, you know... He, you know, we did a lot of the pre-season friendlies and he met with the fans. He's a really nice, you know, affable guy. Uh, so, you know, things were looking good. But I think, you know, with the expectations that were set and that were set by Steve Gibson right from the beginning, you know, uh, and by fans, we spent the money and, you know, fans were a fickle bunch, you know, and we expected to go up. We expected it, you know, we wanted to smash the league. So I think, you know, <laughs> those expectations were so high I think any manager that was going to come in who would struggle. And, you know, as soon as it didn't start to go right, of course, then the rot sets in. And I just think I never really got a chance. And it just went from there. Uh, and I think, you know, it, 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 the, 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 towards the end of his tenure, there was it just it seemed to get quite toxic, and you know that's you never want to see that for uh, for any managers, you know. No, and it's, it's unusual for Borough. I mean, I, I I don't know how you feel about this, and I know it's a, a popular something thing to say, but I I don't see Borough as a derby, not really. I like beating you because it's funny. Like, and uh, Newcastle's a team I hate, but like uh, I've never uh, because of that, and because we're quite close. I think we know each other's clubs quite well, and I've, I've never seen Borough as the kind of club that would get on a, um, a manager's back, not that quickly anyway. So for it to turn that sour, it was weird. It was it was it was an odd departure from from his perspective and from Borough's perspective. It was odd, but at the same time, it wasn't a hundred percent unexpected. Um, I think bringing in Pulis based on the players he had signed that that was the most interesting thing for me because he went from chalk to cheese. Yeah, I know. Uh... Pulis, I, I don't know. You know, Pulis has come in and uh, he's... OK, a, a lot of people like Pulis. You know, he talks straight and I think he came with a bit of fresh air. But, if, if you know, one of the things a lot of fans were talking about was like last night. We were there last night. You know, we were we were 3-1 up and uh, we, you know, we almost got a five at the back and three old midfielders at home, you know, and just sat back completely for the, for the last 15 minutes and let them come at us. You know, this is probably one of the worst teams in the league that we were 3-1 up. So, you know, that's not the kind of football, you know, any any club's fans wants to be seen. You know, we want to be a bit more adventurous, particularly at home and when you're 3-1 three, three up with 15 minutes to go. No, and I think it's funny you mentioned Redden being one of the worst sides in the league. They, they only beat us 3-1 at home, like, but um, I know what you mean. They're quite, they're quite unadventurous. Oh, no, it was Hull, that's right. Of course, Redden was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's right. No, you're right. You're, oh, well, yeah. Oh, I'll take that on board. My mistake. You're right. Hull are absolutely rotten. Um, Hull are terrible, actually. Even we beat Hull. So, wow. yeah, I know, which is really saying something, isn't it? Any side that's been beat off us this season wants to have a look at themselves because, well, I think we all know what's going on in Sunderland this season. One thing I've picked up about the, the way that you've spoken about the club and, and the season you've had, Steve Gibson, I think... You know, he's got his flaws, of course he does, any chairman does. But Steve Gibson has got Borough right like right in his heart. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what really matters to him with Borough. Borough's his life. And then you look at Middlesbrough and what Gibson's brought to that club, even through the tough times. And there's been tough times for Borough. We know that. You know that. And then you look at Sunderland and you've got Ellis Short. And I mean, I don't want to talk about him too much because I can't stand the bloke. He's, he's totally killing the club and I, I'd love to say more, but I think my opinion on him is I don't even want to discuss him. He makes me that angry. But I think it's probably quite interesting as a perspective from a, a Borough side, even when things get tough from Borough side. I mean, you had all those years in the championship, you got up and then you've come straight back down and you've had this season's been a bit, as you said, underwhelming. But at the same time, when you've got a chairman, that just gives a fuck whether he gets it wrong or gets it right. How much confidence or, or love for the club does that give you? Because when you know you've got someone who's actually caring and actively looking after the club, whether he makes mistakes or not compared to us, it must feel quite safe. Like when we had Nell Quinn at the heart of our club, it must feel quite safe having someone you know that gives a shit. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody knows uh, the history of Steve Gibson and his, you know, what it, what he's done for the club throughout the years since, you know, since we just went into liquidation in, in, in 86, you know. Uh, and, and for long, you know, I, I mean, how many crowds sing, uh, you know, the chairman is king every home game, you know. It just doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, I think there's also another side to this. It, it, if, if you want to put yourself right in the final line and you, as a Middlesbrough fan, then criticise Steve Gibson. You know, it's a fact. But, you know, the fact does remain is, you know, uh, he has made some questionable decisions, particularly on the appointment of managers over the years. And, and you know, he gets forgiven a lot of his sins for what he's done, but still, you know, he, he does have to carry the can. And I think he does, he's prepared to carry the can for some of the decisions, uh, you know, the, the managers that we've had in place and some of those big strategic decisions that haven't really went well. Uh, but I think he's big enough to stand up and, and, and take that criticism and, and move on and I think at the end of the day you know he's loved by the fans because he is a fan yeah and I think that matters an awful lot I mean we've heard sort of over time this crap that Ellis short he he does care he's you know he's a fan and all this rubbish and and the way I see it is he's he's left Martin Bain in charge of our club to kind of basically just liquidate stuff it seems to from my perspective and and Ellis Shaw and maybe he's a, he was a fan when it was going good and when we were getting to that cup final one time but I mean when you do have a chairman and you're right you know Ellis Shaw wasn't always terrible he, he'd made some mistakes and I'm sure they're not purposeful I'm sure they're not purposeful not at the beginning um I don't think anyone will go into managing uh, sorry owning a club and, and purposely fucking it up. I don't think that. I think you went in with, you know, good intentions. Now I don't think they're the best. But I think if you really are a fan of the club, like, you know, Gibbo is Gibbo is a, a proper Borough fan, Borough boy. And then you've got people like Ella Short and him saying, you know, he's a Sunderland fan and stuff like that. But he's he's thousands and thousands of miles away sitting in a mansion somewhere that he that's probably worth a few million quid. I think that the difference between those Two kind of atmospheres is massive. I mean, I went to Borough in November, not the cup game, the the league game. And I mean, it was weird because you'd had a tough season and I kind of thought, you know, we might get it you a little bit, but obviously obviously, Tavernier scored quite early on. But there was, there was something in the Borough crowd that just, yes, we're happy to be there. And I know that sounds really weird. I know that sounds really odd, but as a Sunderland fan, I'm not happy to be watching my football club at the minute. And that all does stem from a chairman. I feel like, it must be brilliant to have a chairman that, you know, even when he makes a mistake, he's not going to turn his back on anything. And he's had, I mean, how long has he been at Borough now? Oh, well, he, he was just before 86, but it's really in 86 when he when he got, you know, heavily involved. So, you know, yeah. when you look at uh, you know, 30, what, 30, 30 odd years, uh, he's been part of the club. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's put his own money in. I mean, it, it, it's very difficult. A lot of fans will still sometimes criticise you know, a lot of other fans say, be careful of what you wish for. You know, a lot of oh, people right. at some time were saying, well, some fans at, at one point were saying, you know, when there was rumours of a Chinese buyout, were saying, yeah, it's time for him to sell. And you know, a lot of other fans were saying, look, you know, and funny enough, a lot of other fans from other clubs were saying to us, are you lot crazy? Even thinking <laughs> about Gibson not being your chairman, we would absolutely die to have a chairman like that. Yeah, And I think that's sort of, you know, it brings it home a little bit more when other fans of other clubs are saying, yeah, you're lucky to have a chairman that cares so much. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about uh, we were talking about Bob Murray on Saturday at the match and at the Brentford game. We were saying the, the amount of shit that Bob Murray used to get because he didn't spend his money and waving white flags. I mean, he, he had quite a few things that went against him. And you know what? Like When you look back at, like, forget Quinny, because Quinny is brilliant. Quinny's God. Do you know what I mean? Quinny can't do any wrong. And, and obviously, people love to have Quinny back. But even if you look at someone who didn't have that much of a, a good, well, not a good persona, a good, maybe a good public profile on something, Bob Murray, at least you knew he had someone that cared about the club in a way. And, and yes, he made mistakes. And yes, he was a bit boring. And yes, he, he didn't spend money at the right time. And a lot of the stuff for Bob Murray was slightly before I was born. I'm I'm a late 80s kid when I was born, so we're talking like early 90s, but he still brought the stadium alight to Sunderland. He still had a vision for Sunderland to be a big football club. And I'm not saying Ellis Shaw didn't at one point, but you just watch him now and like, 
the random interviews he does every six months about how he cares about the club. That that guy doesn't care. He just wants rid of it. And I mean, 50 million for Sunderland. I, I wouldn't spend 50 pence if I'm honest with you. So I don't even know what he's asking at the minute. And it hurts me to say that. It really does hurt me to say it. But I, I'm, I'm going to get depressed if I keep going on about it. One thing I wanted to ask you, and I've got to ask you, and I'm going to ask you this very, very seriously. What have you sent us in Ashley Fletcher? Like, What oh, have you actually sent? What, 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 what is it? What is this that you've got that you've sent to us? <laughs> Agent Fletcher, how's he doing anyway? How is he doing? Shite. Absolutely awful. Like, horrific. So he's consistent then? Very consistent. I mean, he missed about, God, how many chances did he miss yesterday? I mean, everything that came to him, he's just got knee composure. He's got knee real effort. And he's huge. He's a huge kid. And he gets, I mean, I watched him against Brentford and I watched him get beat in the air four or five times. But but when when we got linked to him, I thought, I think even when Borough signed him, I worked with a Borough fan and I said, you know, Fletcher, yeah, he, he's all right, isn't he? And he was like, oh, he's like, you know, he's just, we've got... We've got a lot of decent strikers at the club, like he's he's not really fitting into the play, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And then Pulis has come in. So I thought he might be all right. He did quite well at West Ham. I've spoke to a few West Ham fans. They thought he was decent. But then he's just been horrific. I mean, what was he like for Borough? Did you see enough of him? Terrible. No, he was terrible. Yeah. He was just too lightweight. I mean, a couple of little flashes of, of, of the, you know, a bit of talent. He, he, we paid, look, you got him on loan. We paid seven million for him. You know what? What are we going to get back for him? You know, I, I think nobody would pay seven quid for him at the moment. You know, and all this talk of potential. You know, he, he, every time he played for the Borough, to be honest, he got slaughtered. He got slaughtered, and he was just too. He was just too lightweight. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, we we well, there was when he went uh, when he went to Sunderland when we, we loaned him to you, you. You probably could tell by the the uh, social media. Uh, commentary that one of fans were pretty relieved, you know. Uh, it's just it's weird that he's lightweight though, six foot five. I mean, he's absolutely huge. But I agree with you. Like we've seen that he, he kind of win things in the air. He kind of he had a good he had a good twenty minutes against Ipswich, oh. but then he just looks uninterested. And last night, I mean, oh, to to say I was angry about him last night it wouldn't be right because I'm just and I use this word so frequently and I've used it for about a year and a half now and I'm fucking sick of using it. Pardon my French, but I'm just so apathetic about the games these days. I just know how it's going to go. But like, he could have got us back in the game like countless times. And I mean, there was one shot. You'll probably be able to find it online. One shot, and I'm praying it took a deflection, but it almost hit the bloody corner flag, man. You know, when you bring players like him in, you know, there's, you're looking, you're clutching at straws, and you want a bit of hope, you want a bit of a spark, and you know the situation you're in. But you know, he's sterile. That's the best way to say he's just sterile. He's sterile. He, he, he just won't, you know. You try, it's like add, you want to add an ingredient to, to, to a meal to make it a bit spicy, then he's not the ingredient you add. No. He's bland. <laughs> and I mean, when you consider, and I've said this for bloody weeks on the podcast, when you when you consider that Lewis Graben was the bloke he replaced, and, and Graben was total marmite at something, you've got people who. Something much like most of the teams in the northeast, Borough, Newcastle. If you put in a bit of effort, you you can't really be disliked. And the one thing that Graben was was admittedly looked a bit salty, looked a bit looked a bit of a miserable bugger. Did not like he wanted to be here, but he stuck the ball in the back of the net. And compared to Fletcher, I, I don't think he might score. I, I, I don't think he'll score this season, Fletcher. I really don't. No, I'll be surprised if he gets a goal at all. I mean, uh, he's he's. Lewis, well, so Graben was a, a miles better player than him. Oh, so far better. I mean, the thing is with Graben, it's, yeah, he didn't run around and yeah, he didn't have much of a smile on his face and he looked like a right, right miserable sod, but he, he ran the channels well and he stuck the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, he might have scored from two yards out, but you've got to get yourself in that position as well. Fletcher just doesn't look like, he just does not be interested and he does not, he's got the quality to not be interested. Yeah, I mean, Graben's always had a bit of an attitude when he was at Norwich and he, when he went here, well, but uh, yeah. well, the lad can stick the ball in the back of the net, you know, uh, and it's just something, you know, Lewis, uh, so he fletches uh, as, a, as a striker, but uh, the one thing he can't do is to perform, so you stick the ball in the back of the net. And he hasn't really done it anyway, hasn't he? He's only about 2021, and the thing with Fletcher is it's 2021, and he's had about, what, four or five clubs already? Yeah, you know, I think worrying, West Ham, I think been wringing the hands when we paid seven million for him but we've paid silly money for players who were just not good enough and I think you know we've we've, we've got we've got players in the team that you know sorry we've paid a lot of money for but they're just not good enough 
I mean, yeah. that's a good point, actually. I wanted to. I want. I mean, it, I know more about Borough than I know about other clubs in this league. I'll be honest. I mean, us being out of the Premiership for a long time, I think it's took me to this point to really understand, you know, what teams in the league are they, have there to offer. But I've looked through, obviously, the players that you've you've let go, and there's been a lot of players that you've recently signed that have gone. I mean, I'm looking through the sales here. You've got. Obviously, Adam Forshaw went in January, I think. Um, Cyrus Christie went to Fulham, I think. You also had, uh, obviously, the Braithwaite. And what was the the story with with Braithwaite and Christie? Because I thought, especially Christie, Braithwaite's a bit of a... You don't know what you're going to get from someone from a different league. They could score 40 goals and you might not make it in the championship. But Cyrus Christie was a pretty solid championship fullback, you know, modern day fullback. But it's quite surprised that both of them went actually. What was the story with them two? Yeah, I mean, Pullis, I think, because I can't remember, but, but Christie spent some time under Pullis. I can't remember when he played with him or he was on loan and he, and he, he, he didn't like him then. Mm. Uh, you know, he just didn't fancy him as a player. Uh, it, Christie came in uh, and he was very, very popular with the Butter fans because he got forward. You know, he was he, when he was first here, we said, yeah, probably one of the best signings of the season. A lot of talk about that. Uh, and real surprise that when uh, Pullers come in, he, uh, you know, he sort of changed him for Shotton, who didn't have a great start in his first, uh, on his debut. But when he eventually got back into the team, Shotton's probably been the signing of the season so far. So I think when people were really initially upset about Christie going, I think the fact that Shotton has come through and done absolutely fantastic, sort of eased the blow, but we're very, very surprised about Christie going like him. But, uh, going forward, great, but not as strong in defence. And as you know, with Pullis, he likes a bit of help, a bit of height. He likes t- them to defend. And I think that's, you know, a couple of times Christie would get caught around the back uh, because he was wandering forward. You know, he got I mean, he got, he got uh, tortured a little bit at Fulham, but a lot of that was also Lewis Baker going missing in the in the middle and he didn't get cover. But uh, there's a couple of times he would, he would get done defensively and I don't think Pullis likes that. What about Braithwaite? I mean, what, what happened there? Because I looked at his goals to game, and I mean, yeah, he scored a lot of oh, goals. Adding but... goals, he was adding assists. He was a, that 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 was uh, a bit. But you know, I think at the end of the day, what that was about is he he, he wanted to go because mm. you know, he wasn't he wasn't getting his his game regularly. He's got the World Cup coming up, so you know he's obviously fighting with uh, you know uh, Fisher for for a place in the in the in the World Cup team. So yeah. you know he's pretty much being told you have to play regular every week to get into the World Cup. So you know he's moved for you know his World Cup chances, and that's understandable. You know, yes, yeah, I think so. But... Uh, and so you know he's wanted to go, and you know Pulis is very clear if if a player doesn't want to be here, then we're not going to keep him. Yeah, and I think you know I think um, that kind of makes sense with Braithwaite. I suppose that kind of it explains it from an outside perspective because it was quite weird. I remember I think you paid about ten million for him as well, didn't you? Oh no, no, I don't think it was that much. I can't remember. It might have been, yeah, maybe eight, eight, eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah, eight or nine million, I think. But I thought, I thought with Pulis, he he brought some decent players in as well. I mean, he's brought in uh, Besic, who I believe had quite a good game last night. I think it was was that his debut. Yeah, solid last night. I mean, uh, he, he he did play really well. We just actually, you know, we're, we're talking about that tonight. I, I think fans were very impressed with his debut, and I think he's one that will, you know, he'll prove a really good addition to the squad. Uh, Besic happy with that. Uh, Kenny came on as well a bit late, yeah. but uh, looked pretty solid at the back. So yeah, I mean, Baker was like uh, one of the, the the new boys, wasn't he? In in the summertime, he wasn't January, was he? He was summertime, I think. Baker was yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's yeah. he's on loan, Lewis Baker from Chelsea, uh, and big promise for him. Yeah, uh, he came in, he was he looked really good, but he's just he just hasn't featured. I mean, he was on the bench last night, uh, never got on, but uh, he he hasn't got anywhere near the team. So it's a strange one. We're surprised that he he wasn't called back to Chelsea actually in the last window. You brought in some a lot of young lads in on loan. You know, the more you look to the team, you've you've had like the likes of um, the lad from Man City as well. His name escapes me at the minute, but Jack Jack Harrison. I think he came in from City. But you're right back at the minute. You said Craney came on yesterday. Who, who's what formation is he playing at the moment? Is he going with the three at the back, or is he going with the four at the back? Or no, oh, he's been playing the idea four three two one, hasn't he? Four three two one. Uh, Got you. But he yesterday, you know, about the last fifteen twenty minutes, uh, I think we went we went uh, about five four but one. 
you know, we 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 had he brought on Kearney, uh, so we had Kearney, Shorten, Ayala, Fry, and Friend across the back, and then he Besic, Clayton, and uh, Ledbetter and Housen. Uh, Besic went off, sorry, but then you had uh, three three holding, you know, defensive sort of midfielders. We just sat right back, and uh, very very strange crowd weren't happy with it. Not three one up at home against you know a, a team like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, respect the whole, but you know they're not pulling up trees at the moment. No, not at all. I mean, they, they were they were pretty, like I say, pretty rancid against us. And I had a, a whole fan on just beforehand, and I think he's the only person I sounded about was depressed and unhappy with the way his club was being run as we were. Um, I, I, this is probably a really obvious question. Um, anyone who watches football will know that this is probably true, but probably worth me asking: How's the style of football changed from from Monk to to Pulis? Has he came in and just changed it straight away? Or is he doing it gradually or? Not a lot, to be honest, because you know Monk didn't really have a lot of time to put his stamp on it. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of fans will tell you there's there's, there's did, a lot of fans are not seeing very much change from Karanka. Uh, you okay. know, the formation has actually never changed. You know, I, I, and actually we had obviously one of the best defenses in the league with Karanka, and that was a surprise. We had the same defense under Monk, but we were late in goals. Mm-hmm. Pulis has sort of shored that up a bit, but we just can't score. You know, we're struggling to knock <laughs> goals in. And uh, <laughs> we've I mean, got that. <laughs> the, yeah, but the obvious thing is, you know, one absolute shining star for Pullis is uh, how he's got Adama Triori playing. That was just unbelievable, you know, because, you know, a lot of fans just can't really give up on him, you know, you know the yeah. potential he's got, but he had no end product. Now he's got an end product and he is terrifying teams, mate. He's an absolute joy to watch. I heard he was absolutely unbelievable last night. Um, I heard he had a great game. I think you know I was following. Oh, I was following like a few games on on Twitter yesterday, and they're kind of as soon as we conceded, I sort of knew we were getting beat. So it was a case of just checking Twitter and and kind of keeping up to date with social media as best I could. Um, and I, I heard obviously I follow a few Northeast journals on there as well, and I heard he was absolutely superb. If he keeps getting better, you know, and keeps improving on his own product, you know, I, he's a player that's worth a lot of money. There's He's, he's just one of those players. His speed is frightening, seriously frightening. You know, he just he just goes past quick players like they're not even there. Uh, his, his ball control is superb. Uh, he's starting to get the end product in. If he clicks, you know, everyone will tell you, you've got a 100 million plus player there. If he gets the end product and he, he gets a con- that consistency, yeah. he, he is a real talent. And he's he's one of those players, you know, he, he just as soon as he gets a ball, he gets everybody off the seat. I think that's that's almost what you pay for, isn't it? That kind of thing. And I, I remember at the start of the season, it was it was weird at the time, but even even then, people could understand it. There was rumours of him potentially going to Chelsea, wasn't there? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's been a lot of rumours uh, about, and, and I think if he continues uh, with the way he is, I think we'll really struggle to keep him in the summer, even if we go. If he, as he's mentioned. Gets his final touch sorted out and his his delivery sorted out. He's he's frightening his name and there's a I think it was Bolton. I think towards the start of the season he bombed oh, yeah. down the wing and like it's, it's, it was the first time I'd seen him like in the flesh, not just bombed down the wing, but get a bloody good cross in as well. And it was like the whole goal was made by sheerly just him. And it was like when I think of how good he can be, and I think of our fullbacks. Terrifies me for Saturday, and I don't think I've ever said that. No disrespect, but about Middlesbrough, I don't think I've ever felt like that since the days of Ravinelli and Janino and Emerson. Oh, do you know I've seen him? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Sessignon Fulham. I just think he's one of the best players. You know, young player, seventeen year old, what a talent! Uh, and a lot of people say he's not a left back, so there was a little bit unfair when uh, Fulham came to Riverside. But I seen him ghost past Sessignon on several occasions, like he wasn't even there. Yeah, and I just I never thought anyone would do that to Sessignon. You know, no other Fulham fan says you know he's not a left back and all of this, but I seen him chase back Sessignon when Sessignon went on the wing, and he, he he just almost he just made him look like he was standing still. He's not just he's not just fast though as well. He, he's he's huge for like I mean he, he's got real upper body strength. I mean it looks like when he's at full pelt that certain players might just bounce off him, and I mean. When you compare him to Absolutely. probably our most creative player, Aidan McGeady, it's quite embarrassing, isn't it, when you think about it? And his ball control, you know, his skill is phenomenal. He's got excellent ball control. He pulls that ball down. You, you, you're going to, you know, I know he's, he's not playing for you, but uh, 
you watch him the weekend. If he's in full flow, you know, no matter who he's playing for, he's one of those players that he's a joy to watch when he's in full flow. And apart from obviously Triori, I mean, I'm looking at your results. Obviously, it seems like you're able to win at home, but you're struggling away from home. What what's the what what's happened there? Like, because we, I mean, we struggle to win anyway, so it's like I can't say anything, but. Is it just? Yeah, no, I think. I mean, well, we've got to it, but I think we've actually we, our home form hasn't been good. Our away form, mm-hmm. we, we play, we played better away up until you know recently. But our issue is we we're really struggling to get back to back wins. We get yeah. a win, but then we get a loss or a draw. So we haven't had back to back wins for quite a while. So we're not getting that consistency. You know, we'll have a we'll have a great game, and then we think, yeah, here we go. It's the start. You know, we will get a run, and then we we have an absolute stink in the next game, and that's a frustration with the fans. You know, it, it's a case of, okay, well, you know, what butter's going to turn up the day? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, it's a lot more interesting than knowing which Sunderland's going to turn up on the day because you're pretty much certain which one's going to show up. Um, which brings me on to sort of my alleged football team, um, I say in inverted commas. So, obviously, I don't know about you, and I've said before, to me, Borough's not really a derby. I hate Newcastle, and there's not many other teams that dislike, apart from probably Leeds. Um, no offence, Leeds fans. Um, but when it comes to to Borough, I mean, I, I don't know whether you class this as a derby or a, a, a big derby. Well, we don't. But no, I mean, yeah, I think I, we, I we do. In, in fairness, we do. I mean, but we, you know, it's mm-hmm. because we, we don't really have any other derby. You know, we we have mm-hmm. uh, the you know the Leeds scum down the road. Yeah, but, uh, I think it's not a derby. You just everyone likes beating them. Aye. You know, I think the closest we have is, is you, you know. Uh, so yeah. I think it's like a... But we know your big derby's with Newcastle. So, we yeah. know, we're, we're, a, we're the irritating, the noisy neighbours, you know. But uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you, you've got to have a derby, you know. Oh, aye. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's not like it's not like Darlington and Hartlepool are ever really in the same division as, as Borough anymore, is it really? Maybe us in a couple of seasons, but um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not Middlesbrough. Hopefully. Um <laughs> Well, probably, I. I think. I think it's less, more probably more than hopefully these days, mate. Truth be told, but um, it, I mean, end, you, is it, you know, it's no good for the. It's region, not, you know. I mean, I, I know there's, there's a lot of banter goes on, but I'm I'm one of those people that would like to see, you know, the big three in the Premier League, uh, yeah. and, you know, the the rivalry because of what it does for the region. You know, we, we're a footballing region, yeah, uh, and it's. It, it's more than a game for the region. It's it's all a lot of businesses. It's a pride when you're going to work. It's it's everything. You know, it, it means so much to us as fans in the northeast. Yeah. Uh, so we all need to be up there. It's funny. I was talking about like when we first went down, and obviously when you were coming down as well. I said, I said, I, you know, I hope Borra come down, and a lot of my mates went, oh, you don't have any like anything against Borra. I was like, no, it's not that. Just growing up when I when I really started loving football when I was like 12, 13, it was around sort of the 90, 97, 98 season, the playoff season. And I loved that. I actually did hate you at that point because I remember the games were like, I remember you beat us 2-1 at home. Emerson scored another absolute screamer right in my end that as well when the away fans used to be behind us. Then I remember obviously we got beaten the cup, but that was like before our form took off. And then I remember we went on this unbelievable run, but we went to the Riverside and I think we got beat 3-1. I think it was, uh, was a, Branca scored, I think, from Inter Milan. Branca yeah. was a Blanca, Branca. I think his name escapes me just now, but that was a, it was really good for the region to have like two teams vying for that. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to swear here, but Newcastle were doing all right at the time and all. And I, I, I'd love to see them, you know, suffer forevermore. But truth be told, when Sunderland are as bad as we are now, I, I stopped caring about Newcastle. I, I couldn't give a shite. But I was looking forward to Sunderland and Borough maybe vying for, I, I, I don't know where the playoffs, but I thought it would be competitive games. But this season, Sunderland Middlesbrough just felt like a damn squib, hasn't it? It's just been like, you've turned up, we've turned, well, allegedly turned up. And it's just been so easy. Does it take it away from for you as well having it having it that easy? I mean, you're going for six in a row, I think, now against us, aren't you? Yeah, but you know how it works. I think uh, nobody's going down there confident of you know overconfident of taking three points. You know, it uh, anything can happen. You know, we we go there, you can just up your game, and so you know the way we've been playing, we've had our win this week, and that's the problem. You know. <laughs> We don't get two in a row, and that's our that's a that's a worry for us. You know, we go now, and is it a draw defeat? But no, we'll see. I think uh, it's been a long time since yeah. some of them beat Middlesbrough. I think last time we beat you was was at the FA Cup. Yeah, we're a bogey bogey side for you. Oh, you've uh, done it. Just like you were a bogey side for the Mags. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, the weird thing is, and people well, laugh at me with this. For that, wouldn't you? You'd settle for for us being oh, your right. bogey side, but as long as you're on the bogey side for the mags, <laughs> yeah, I'd settle for that for the rest of my life. I think I'd yeah. potentially. I, I'm just saying I don't care about them, but I think potentially I would probably I'd probably sell my soul for just beating them for the rest of my life. I think it's it's quite handy if I was safe in knowledge that I knew they'd never get the better of us. At least I have something to cheer about. But it's but then again, you know, you say that, and you know, we've had the the advantage over Newcastle for oh, seasons and seasons, nine, nine meetings since they've last beat us. But then you look at where we are and it, I mean, it drives me absolutely balmy to see how much Newcastle protest their, their ownership and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And then you look at what we've got and I, I just think, you know, maybe they're not, maybe Ashley's not plowing in the money they want to see, like, you know, 94, 95 sort of years, 96 when, when they had Shearer and whatnot. But he, he runs them, he runs them as a good business. Like they're not in any danger of going into like liquidation with Sunderland. It's just it's crisis after crisis after crisis, and I think that that just makes me hate them a little bit more. If I'm honest with you, because I just think you have no idea how good you've actually got it. You can actually afford a player for more than just a one bar and like a copy of Reader's Digest. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is uh, at the minute all we can really afford is Ashley Fletcher, and I think that tells its own story, doesn't it? Well, fortunately, they'll never be great. Well, of course. They'll never be great. Not in my eyes, anyway. They've never been great. Um, you know, even when the 12 points kid topped the league there. Yeah, it was funny. I was I was reading an article, believe it or not, the other day, and uh, mm. an old magazine, and and, and, uh, and there's a player profile of Marco Gabardini. Oh, wow. Now, that's a player that, if you had that player, well, I mean, a cracking player, wasn't he? What a striker. Oh, he's dying, mate. Marco Gabardini. Another Kevin Phillips would do me, but we couldn't even oh, afford him nowadays, I think, even back in the... Not even at 40, 42, 43 year old, we probably couldn't afford the bugger. And I think, uh, you know, that that's the thing. There's a lot of, when Coleman came in, he said all the right stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm behind him. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's not, He's not Guardiola, but he's he's saying the right stuff, and I, I definitely feel he's the right man for the job. But he's just got nothing to work with. It, we're really missing someone on the pitch who wears like the red and white shirt with pride. There's there's not many of them. I think you've got young boys like Joel Osoro and, and Ethan Robson, um, Josh Madger. You can see they really care, but at the same time, you're talking about 17, 18 year old kids that are trying to learn their trade, they're going to make mistake after mistake. It's it's actually the experienced players with us, the likes of your McGeady's and um, Lee Catamore, who are just not shown up this season. And I mean, I never thought I'd level criticism at Lee Catamore because Lee Catamore is the kind of player that would thrive in the Northeast, and that's why he's done so well at Middlesbrough, and that's why he's done previously so well at Sunderland. But he's just, he's hid this year. He's completely hid. He's, he's not been, I, I, th- I think, one of our worst players, easily. He's he's a limited player though, you know. Oh yeah. Even a you know, he'd work on hard and passion and throwing a few dirty tackles in. But he's, he's a limited player. He's not a he's not a great playmaker. But you know, McGeady could be and is. But you know, you, you kind of look at some of these players and and you know, not disrespect to McGeady, but he's a bit of a journey man now. You know. Uh, oh, he is now, of course. You know, and are these the players that really want to roll up the sleeves and get stuck in when you're in a relegation fight I'm not so sure you know Catamol yeah you know he'll put a foot in uh, but you know it, it, it's going to be demoralising for some of the young young players that you've got you know to go through this uh, it's not a good time I mean you you know I, I thought you would with Coleman I think he is the right guy because I think you've got a long way to get a better guy in than Coleman Uh you're right, he's got he hasn't got a lot to work with, and I think you know when I was looking early in the season, I thought, no, you know, Sunderland come, they, they, they'll they'll start coming up, you know, as much yeah. as we'd like them to go down, yeah, the, the one <laughs> will come up. But I tell you, you look at it now, you're really, really struggling now, aren't you? It's, it's difficult to see, you know, you need something that that's going to turn that around. I mean, we're now we're now six points behind Bolton. I think you know, as a fan base, if I'm honest with you, and. It's very easy to get caught up in the in the in the depression of, of Sunderland over the past five, six seasons. It's very easy to feel like this'll never get better. And it does certainly feel like that. But you know, realistically, there's actually only three points between us and getting out of it. It just it seems mm-hmm. to take us it seems like we have to have eleven players on form, every single one of them running hell for leather. Our like when when we beat Hull, it wasn't 
a perfect performance, but Catamol had a good game, O'Shea had a good game, uh, Soro had a good game. Like everyone on the pitch had a good game. They all played well. And it seems like you need to have every player given like a seven or an eight out of 10 mm. to get a win. And it, if we have one or two players on sixes and fives, it becomes, you know, not just one or two players, it becomes four or five. And then you get seven and seven or eight. And you've got three players that you can say, well, they've run about a bit. And it's, it's generally always the same people. And I think Coleman said something um after the, the the Brentford game, he he put uh, he, he put four at the back second half, midway second half against Bristol City instead of his five at the back with these two wing backs. And he said, you know, he's like, I don't think it's a formation. I think it's the attitude. I think it's the desire. He says, and I think, I, I, but I'll change it. You know, we, we scored three goals second half. I'll change it. I'll, I'll put four in, and it was exactly the same. And he, he came out after the Brentford game, and he said, I've said it's you know, it's not a formation. It's attitude. It's desire, it's atmosphere, it's will to win, pretty much. And I think he's, he, he couldn't be more right. You know, you've got the th- same three players, in my opinion, who limited as some of them are, like George Honeyman um, and Joel Osoro, who showed a, a lot of promise, to be fair to him, since he's getting in the team on a more permanent basis. It's only them players that run about. Suddenly, when Catamol yeah. runs about and O'Shea has a good game and you know the other players come into it, it, be- it becomes different when you've got, like, seven or eight players performing to the standard they can, but with three players every week, you just it's not enough. Yeah. And you've got to look, you know, it's like, there's got to be three worst teams and you're in that league. That's a frustrating thing, you know. There's got to be three worst teams, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know so. if there is. If I'm honest, I don't know if there is. And I think, I don't know if it's just a, the depression of Sunderland, but I think there's only, the only team I've seen worse than Sunderland this season's probably been Hull. Um, aside yeah. from that, I mean, Bolton, Bolton beat us Relatively comfortably last night. Yeah, they, that's it. In a bit of form, either. well, we yeah. we made uh, Hull look like well beaters for the last fifteen minutes <laughs> last night. Unbelievable. But at the same time, that that's a, I suppose if you can stick the ball in the back of the net three times, it becomes different, and that's the that's the issue with Coleman. We we were hemorrhaging goals when Grayson was in charge, but we were scoring them as well. So we'd end up like drawing three three realistically. Um, Grayson won one game in 17 not good enough Coleman's won considerably more than that but we're just not scoring I think we've only scored like one or two goals in the last nine games or something like that and we're not, now we're actually conceding goals we're not keeping the clean sheets the way we used to and it's well that only leads to one thing doesn't it I, I mean there's people thinking Middlesbrough might put four or five past us I've, I've seen someone mention Borough potentially put, be the first team to put five passes at the stadium and I'll tell you what we, I, I wouldn't be surprised we won't we, we don't we, we, we won't score that many I think if, even if we go two and a lot, we'll then go at six at the back. <laughs> so we, we won't go push for five goals. I don't think we'll score five goals in a game all season. Just not that way inclined at the moment. And, uh, you know, strikers and you're, you're just not firing. We, we're yeah. lacking despite the, uh, you know, the, the resources we got. We just haven't been able to make the best of them. Uh, so so I, I, think, I think it'll be close, to be honest. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I mm. think, you know, yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, it was at the Riverside. Close. Yeah. The Riverside game was quite close. I mean, give or take that. Graben takes that chance in the first three minutes, and that's different game altogether. Yeah, he it? Some at, the, at the Riverside. He definitely deserved some at the Riverside. You know, that wasn't. Uh, you know, there was you were a better team for for long spells uh, and more possession. Uh, but you know, we got that early goal, and that was it. We, but we were hanging on. So you know, I, I, I don't think yeah. we don't expect an easy game at the weekend. We never expect an easy game. It's never easy going, and you know we're anywhere in this league. It's always a hard slog. I mean, it, it is still classed as a northeast derby, no matter the fact whether it's Sunderland or Newcastle. And it's not the same. We've said we've touched on that, but it's it's still a game that you know the players will will not want to get beat. They'll will not. I would. Well, I don't know. I don't know what what they think, but essentially, I think you know maybe Lee Catamore might turn in a performance because yeah, yeah. obviously he wants to show that he, he made the right decision and come to Sunderland. And, and leaving Borough to go to Wigan originally back when he did. But I suppose just to kind of cover off then, you know, same old standard question here. And people get annoyed at my standard normal question sometimes. But I think, you know, we've got to touch on the match on Saturday. We've touched on it a little bit. But I think prediction, if you have one. I think we'll scrape a 2-1, the Borough. Any goal scorers? Anyone you, you think that we might... Any 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 Sunderland players you think could cause you bother? Uh, no. <laughs> No, no, there's none, none specifically. No, no, it's just it's a derby game, isn't it? It's just as you say, you're never going to a game, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, or anyone in. I mean, Fletcher can't play because he's he's no. he's on loan, yeah. 
Yeah, which was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, but um, we're disappointed. We, we, we actually wanted him to. <laughs> I'm pleased he's not. But you've got a choice of uh, a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old. Actually, no, I tell a lie. I think Joe Lasor has just turned 18. So you've got a choice of an 18-year-old or another 18-year-old. Yeah, but he's not done well. Uh, it's it's hard to, to to blood him now. You know, hopefully, you know, he don't he doesn't get his confidence crushed. You know, as a young lad going through this. I hope not, because he has. You know, to be fair to him, I've criticised Sonnen as a team and as a player for for as players for quite a bit. And the the really annoying thing is, I've never actually criticised Joel Lasora. And the really weird thing is, for some random reason, he's blocked me on Twitter. If you're listening, Joel, I didn't say anything. It was not aimed at you. It was fully aimed at the team. You're the only one I like at the minute. So please, if you do get a second, feel free to tick the unblock button because I'd like to praise you now and again. Um, I'm not even sure how that happened. It's the second Sonnen player that's blocked me. Carlos Queller as well. Don't know why but I don't mind that so much um so yeah I suppose I'll give my prediction uh I always go the defeat I'm generally right so I think I'll go with three nil Middlesbrough oh stick a man neck out and saying that we might not get beat by that many goals <laughs> that's a lot right wow but um we take good having you on mate <laughs> yeah well yeah I think I'll, I'll take a one nil at the minute the way it's going with us yeah no, it's good to be on. Uh, enjoyed it. And I'm uh, looking forward to the yeah. weekend. Are you going to match on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, good, good. I've got I've got my ticket as well as there, so I'll, I'll probably travel down from Glasgow just so I can contemplate what I'm doing with my life. Six hours, three hours down there, three hours back. Um, it's it's quite a good bit of contemplation is going to watch Sunnid and having all that journey time going back by yourself, back to where not-so-sunny Scotland. But here you go. Wouldn't have it any other way. Sunnid and me team, and it kind of changed a leopard, unfortunately. It's lovely. You know us, mate. Butterfan TV, home and away, every game, league and cup, mate. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I could hack that with Sunderland. Apparently, we're doing a Roka Report TV, and I was just commending the lads beforehand. I said, I don't know how you get the energy to watch Sunderland and talk about Sunderland as often as you have, but there you go. I suppose I'd do it once or twice a week. So It's part of life, mate. It's loving it. You know, it's like I'm managing it for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. Well, you can say that again, mate. It's definitely in sickness and in health with us on a permanent basis, possibly terminal, but who there? Who knows? Um, but yeah. <laughs> but spot on having you on mate good chatting actually really enjoyed that chat it's, uh, it was interesting to see the Borough perspective because I feel like I know a lot about Middlesbrough but I feel like there's a few things that have took me by surprise this year I still don't feel any more confident of Saturday but um, you probably do a little bit feel a bit more confident after speaking to me so there you go hopefully yeah <laughs> <laughs> well have a good night mate and thanks so much for coming on okay, all the best mate Cheers, all mate. the best for that Dara got to be honest i didn't expect it to go as smoothly with that with the borough fan but there you go um you know you can always be surprised i get the feeling if we ever play newcastle again which you know is not looking likely in the near future i don't think it'll go that smoothly because i fucking hate them that's why but um yeah you know uh i keep saying this every week i think something along the lines of keep the faith uh i don't really like saying that because i'm just, I just don't like that slogan really because i haven't i'm not a faithful person um but I, I don't fancy us on saturday i really don't um I suppose at some point the tide will turn this season. Maybe not this day up, but I don't think we're going to lose every game to the end of the season. I don't think that's probably feasible, although if it's Sunderland, anything's feasible, I guess. But yeah, I think defeat off Bolton on Tuesday, uh, in my opinion, pretty much summed up the end of our season. I think that's, you know, I know it's only three points, but I think that's us done. Um, I can't see us getting out of it. I don't think we have the quality. I don't think we have the commitment. I don't think there's enough from the club as a whole to pull this back. I mean, there's been times before, you know, the Poyet Great Escape, the De Canio Great Escape, and oh, not the Great Escape, but the survival scene where Advocat is a, a unity across the club and you feel it almost like a siege mentality and it's it's us against them. And Bella Short's taken that from the club. Um, Martin Bain's taken that from the club. And I don't. I don't think it'll ever get better till he fucks off. Um, and I want to be nicer about that. I want to be more articulate about that. But I'm I'm that pissed off with the state the clubs at. I'm actually I'm actually heartbroken to be honest with you. And I don't mean to get all soppy on you. I like to be a bit funnier than that. And even though I'm not that funny, but honestly, I'm I'm heartbroken. I'm, I'm crestfallen. I'm sick. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I love them. I love them more than anything in the world. And I know all you love them. And that's our team. And they'll always be us. It's part of our identity. And I hope and I pray, uh, you know, he he leaves. He leaves soon. And if he's listening, get out, leave. We don't want you. Sell the club. If you can't sell the club, get somebody else. 
in in a position that, that can make the club attractive to a buyer, just leave because you're killing the club. And yeah, sound a bit like a Jordy, don't I? Um, bit of a shame. But yeah, um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for listening to me again. I hope you enjoyed the crack with us in Middlesbrough. I'm sure it'll be a closer game than many of us anticipate. Um, I'm sure it will. Uh, you know, derbies, whether you're classed as a derby or not, it's it, it, it's still a good game. It's still a close fought game. And, and, you know, even with Robbie Stockdale in charge in November, we did come close to a result. And if Graben's chance had gone in the top corner rather than being saved, you never know how that game might have turned out. That's the one thing with something. It's the one thing with football. It's 11 men against 11 men on the day, just like 1973 was, I guess. It's not about the quality or the previous form or what's to come. It's about 11 players on that day. And I just hope if any of the players are listening to this or, or any of the fans, as I hope these are listening to, to me drone on, just get behind them for the one game. Let's try and pull this back as best we can. What else we're going to do with Sunderland at the end of the day? And there's nothing else we can really do apart from get behind them and just hope it changes. Um, but yeah, thanks for your time. We'll catch you next week. Uh, we'll have another preview podcast. We've also got the other podcasts in the, in the week coming up, um, which will be reaction. Obviously, we've got Roker Report TV on the way as well, which I think comes out on the day this gets released as well. So yeah, plenty of content, absolutely loads of content, loads of stuff to catch up on, and hopefully stuff you enjoy reading. Speak to you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save